This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. For those of you joining us online, welcome to the service this morning. Do you have your Bibles with you? We're going to get started. Action is round the corner. And uh, how many of you want to be victorious? You know that preparation is everything. Uh, For one to expect to perform on match day without practice is foolishness. To say we'll just get there and perform is foolishness. So the way we prepare ourselves when we're entering in, when we're entering into a a season or encounter with God is is very, very important. And I just want to help us today uh, in this service prepare for entering into promise. I'm excited about entering into promise. I want to prepare our hearts this morning to enter into promise. These next two weeks are critical as we head into action. And I also want to encourage you in your cell groups, in your family, be here next Saturday as we clean God's house and make sure that we're ready to receive gifts and, and, and have an encounter with God at action through Operation Nehemiah. So in your cells, in your family, bring your garden tools. We're going to work and we're going to fellowship and uh, also swallowship together here. Amen? So the title of today's message is called Entering His Rest. Okay? In the word of the year 2022, Pastor Tom said this. He says, this is the year of awakening. God has prepared rest for the soil we tilled and from the, from the works we have labored for so that we can produce more, new levels of trust in him and with one another we will prepare for us to multiply our productivity in the season ahead. Let us not grow weary. Rather, let us understand his rest. It requires us to stay engaged and to continuously pursue to walk with him while at the same time speaking what the word has revealed. There is an awakening coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's an awakening coming. You see, as, as I mentioned, as we head towards action, we need to be able to prepare adequately. Now, the word awakening means an act or a moment where one has become suddenly aware. An act or a moment where one has become suddenly aware of something. Now, when pastor says the awakening is coming, what are we going to suddenly become aware of? Is that not important for us to know? What is it that God wants us to become suddenly aware of? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Hebrews 4, and uh, we're going to read from verses 1 to 11, but I'm going to start off with verses 1 to 4 for now. Uh, So open up your Bibles and go to Hebrews 4. Get your pen out. I'm going to have you highlight some things that are important in that passage of Scripture. The Bible says this, Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 4 says this, and I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still remains and is freely offered today, I want you to underline that still remains and is freely offered today. Underline that in your your Bible. Let us fear in case any of you may seem to come short of reaching it and think he is too late. For indeed, we have a good, we, we, we've had the good news 
of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. Underline the word mixed with faith. Those words, underline those in the Bible. It was not mixed with faith in God by those who heard it. For we who believe, that is, who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest. So we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. Just as he said, as I swore on oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This is said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the from, from the foundation of the world, waiting for all those who would believe. His works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all those who would believe. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Say neighbor. His works were completed from the foundation of the world. They are waiting for those who would believe. So, God wants to give rest to the weary, the burdened, by finding rest in Him. Finding rest in Him is based on whether we believe His word and His promises thereof. If we are willing to receive what He has for us, we'll enter into that rest. Following this theme in the New Testament, Entering that rest is entering into his promise in Jesus Christ. His son who died for us. So that we may not only have a right relationship with God, but through Christ, rest may be made available to us. This message is too important. And here's why it's very important. Because religion has lied to us. That you and I somehow need to work for salvation. You and I somehow need to help God for salvation. That God only, have you ever heard, God only helps those who helps themselves. That is a lie. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, that is a lie. Because God himself has done the work for us through Christ Jesus. It is already complete. The Bible says it was completed at the foundations of the world. Now it is awaiting those that would believe. So the work's done. The work's completed. Christ finished the works at the cross. What is left is for you and I to enter into that rest. Entering means that we trust the work has already been finished in Christ. The shadow in the Old Testament is the deliverance of the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. And God was taking them to a promised land. And he says, they failed to enter my rest. Why? Because they did not mix with faith the, heard, the, the word they heard. The word that God was truly going to bring them into a promised land in spite of the circumstances they faced. 
They did not believe that when God said it, it was done. When God delivered him, it was finished. And they said, he swore on oath that they would not enter his rest. You see, that's the same. The picture is leading us to the promise in Christ in the New Testament where God delivers us from the bondage of sin and brings us and the, and the kingdom of darkness and brings us into the liberty of life in his son, Jesus Christ. The promise that was slain at the foundations of the world that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whomsoever shall believe that it was done, it was purchased, that the full price of sin was paid for, shall not rely on their righteousness or their works, but rely on the finished work of Christ on the cross. So this is the promised land that God's taking us to. The Old Testament shadow is the children of Israel who failed to enter into the promise, who God swore would not enter into, because they would not believe that God had a promised land for them. The New Testament picture of that is for those who perish eternally because they will not believe that God has a promise of life for them in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's the promise and that's the place of rest that God's taking us to. Rest in Him, in His Son, Jesus Christ. We have that same promise in Christ that we're delivered from bondage. And we're brought into the marvelous light of His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He loves. So let's go back to that text in Hebrew. And let's look with that understanding, let's look at verses 4 to 11. It says this, For somewhere in Scripture... He has said about the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work. How much work did God rest from? All. Did God rest from some of his work? Did God rest from his unfinished work? God rested from all his work. And again this, they shall not enter my rest. He's repeating it for the second time. This is important that he's repeating it a second time. Therefore, since the promise remains for some to enter his rest, what the, the promise remains, what is that referring to? When does that promise remain? Here's the answer. And for those who formerly had the good news preached to them but failed to grasp it and did not enter because of their unbelief evidenced by disobedience, he again sets a definite day. What day is that? A new day. What day is that? Today. So when is that rest available? It's not available when he promised them the promised land and they failed to enter. That rest is available when? Today. As you hear this word, that rest is available. Providing an opportunity to enter that rest. Saying through David after a long time, just as been said before in the words already quoted, today if you hear the voice, do not harden your hearts. This mention of rest was not only a reference to the entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak of another day or another opportunity. After that, so there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest 
to the people of God. Then underline this for the, from verse 10 in your Bible. For one who has once entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and the pain of his human labors. Just as God rested from the labors uniquely his own, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. God bless the reading of his word. You see, we've often confused what the Sabbath day means and why it is holy. God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired. As some theologians teach that rest, work for six days, then rest on the seventh day to rest from all your labors, your fatigue, and it's holy. Because God commanded that. No. God rested on the seventh day. The Bible says because he had finished his work. God did not rest because he was tired. God rested because he was finished. Genesis 2 verse 2. This is in the Bible. Don't say, Pastor, what are you preaching? No. Go to Genesis 2 verse 2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work. He, had, he was doing. So, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Didn't say God was tired, so he rested. God had finished all his work. So, he rested on the seventh. Then he said, it is holy. So, the day is holy because God is finished. It's not because he's tired. The day is holy because God is finished. So I am, I revere that day as holy. And I live in that day of holiness, knowing that I am executing and doing what I do based on God's finished work. That's why that is holy. He's saying, remember that it's not your work. Remember that it's my work that I've finished. God, the Bible says that God is faithful. He that begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it in whom? The finished work of Christ. It's not your work. It's not your work, lest you should boast. It's God's work that is finished. The pattern is there in Scripture. Satan was in God's rest. Lucifer was in God's rest as the chief musician. The day he felt like God's work was his work, the Bible says that pride entered his heart. And it was a seedbed for rebellion. Do not confuse God's work for your work. You and I were created to live in God's rest. And whenever we, we make it about our effort, we make it about our work, be careful lest you boast. You are taking on the seedbed of your father when you do that. 
So verse 9b says this, So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. It remains, it's there today. For the one who has entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and the pain of his own human labor or his own efforts, just as God rested from his. What does just as God rested from his mean? When did God rest? God rested when it was finished. So when we rest in God's rest, we are resting in its finished. You didn't hear that. So if I'm sick in my body, if I choose to lean on my own understanding, if I choose to lean on my own efforts, my own connections, my own labors, when you get well, you say it was me. It will say it was because I prayed. It was because I fasted. I don't rest on what I do. I rest on what he's already done, that he sent forth his word and healed me. That by his stripes, I am healed. That he prays for me, that I prosper and I'm in health, even as my soul prospers. That's where my rest is. That's where my confidence is. That's where I'm rested, that he's done the work from the foundations of the earth. It has been done, it's finished. What is left is for me to believe. So he that rests in Christ, he that rests in God rests, rests from his labors, rests from, that's why Paul says that I had a thorn in my flesh. Three times I asked God to remove it and God said, no, 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 no. In your weakness, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient in your weakness. My strength is made perfect. When you have rested from your, he that rests in God rests from his own words, rests from his own ideas, rests from his own weariness, rests in God's promises, rests in what God has already done, rests in his, it's finished. That's where I'm going to rest, it's finished. So when God says, I'm leading you out of Egypt from the bondage of Pharaoh and taking you into the promised land, it does not matter that when you go there, there are giants in the promised land. It is finished. It does not matter that they are six feet tall. It is finished. It does not matter that you, you seem like a grasshopper. It is finished because I'm not going by my own human strength. I'm not going by my own human abilities. I'm not going by what I'm seeing. I'm going by his rest, which was done from the foundations of the earth. It is finished. So God swore that they would not enter his rest. He swore. Why? Because they did not believe that God had finished. Let me tell you why it's dangerous. If you and I believe that we accomplish this by our own effort, we're saying, God, you are a liar. When you rested on the Sabbath day, you were not finished. I need to help you. So God says, I swore that they would not enter my rest. So if you and I think this is by your much prayer, your much fasting, your connections, your deal, your bribe, go right ahead. Go right ahead. In the face, you are saying, God, you did not finish. You need my help. God says, I swear 
you will not enter my rest. Because this does not come by human performance. It comes by faith in it is finished. So when I pray, I'm praying from a disposition of it is finished. Not my strength, but his strength in me. Not my will, but his will in me. It is finished. So he then says in verse 11, let us therefore make every effort. Underline in your Bible, make every effort. Make every effort to enter into that rest, to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by, fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. So here's the principle. Our effort, he says, let us make every effort to what? To enter into rest. Our effort is not to work. Our effort is to rest. Our effort is not to work. Our effort is to enter into his rest. Not that our own efforts, not in our own efforts or abilities. It is always commendable to give your best effort, to do the 110%. However, there's something to be said about entering his rest. If we think to ourselves that the source of our success in life is our effort, we're making God out to be a liar. There'll be little and no results, and the results are weariness, burnout, frustration, anxieties. In fact, our own effort will often lead to disobedience, as in the example of those who fail to enter. There are three things I want you to note. Our own effort will do this. It will reduce or exaggerate what God's called us to. Reduce or exaggerate what God's called us to. Why? Because it leads us to point number two. Because in point number one, we reduce or exaggerate because we believe it's in our own strength. So if we are puffed up, we boast. If we have low self-esteem, we see ourselves smaller than we really are. Second point, that leads us to, so we see ourselves falsely. Either we see ourselves bigger than we really are, as Lucifer did, or we see ourselves smaller than we really are, as the children of Israel did, who saw themselves as grasshoppers. We do not see ourselves as God sees us as who we are because we are not in his rest. Because in his rest, we are in his finished work, which was there from the beginning. And in his rest, you and I were victorious in Christ. So you and I cannot see ourselves that way if we're unaligned. Thankfully, Jesus has done everything necessary for us to succeed. The Bible says that when he hung on the cross, he, he delivered to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. In Colossians, the Bible says this, for his divine power has been granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him, through the true knowledge of Jesus Christ, who gives us his glory and excellence. Just as his father declared in the beginning when he finished his work, he said it is finished. When Jesus hung on the cross, 
in John 19.30, he said, it is finished. And thereafterwards, he gave up his spirit. And today, Jesus, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, resting in its finished. The same pattern that God, his Father, he says, I only do what I see my Father do. The same pattern his Father did where he said, it is finished, and he rested. The Son walked the earth and he said, follow my example. It is finished. Now in me, in Christ Jesus, it is finished. And we sit together with him in heavenly places at the right hand side of the Father, resting. In it is finished. We tap into that success. We tap into that excellence. We tap into the Lord of the Sabbath. It's not about a day. It's about a disposition of living. I'm a rested guy. I'm a rested guy. There was one called Esau who thought he would be justified by his efforts, by being a hunter and going out and hunting every day. The Bible describes his brother Jacob as a tent man. He spent the whole day in the tent while other, the other one was hunting. That is the picture. There's one who spends his whole time in the presence of God, in God's rested place, and he's the one that God says has the blessing. Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. Entering into his presence gives us rest from our labors in the same way that God rested from his we must labor to enter into that rest and not fall into unbelief at this point. It is well worth the effort. Entering into his rest means we're entering into what he's already done. We're believing in the finished work of Christ. Salvation has already been purchased for you and I. We enter into that place. It is a covenant that you and I have with God. Pastor Tom in the Word of the Year said this, it is an understanding of the importance of rest as a place of covenantal renewal. Rest always involves trust. Trusting God knows that He is going to do what He's doing and what He's calling us to do. Resting does not mean inactivity. Hard work is fine as long as it is in the finished works of Christ. To rest the way God intends us to rest is to confidently set aside any worry or anxiety, trusting in His Son, Jesus Christ, not trying to succeed the worldly way or by the worldly standards or by the burdens of the world, but understanding that we are laboring and co-laboring in Christ. That's why the Bible says, He says, come to me all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In the same way, we, can attain, we cannot attain our salvation by our own efforts. The Old Testament pattern is this. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 9, verse 3 to 6. God is telling the children of Israel why he's bringing them to the place of promise. So he says in, 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 in verse 3, he says, Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out from before you, saying, because it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me to possess this land, because it was be, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It is not because of your righteousness or your uprightness of your heart 
that you are going to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you and that he will fulfill the word which the Lord swore on oath to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this land because of your righteousness. He's repeating it three times. For you are a stiff-necked people. Just like the promised land was not given to the children of Israel because of their righteousness, because of their works, because of their effort. So also God's promise of salvation through Christ does not come because of righteousness, because of your works, because of your effort. It comes because God hates sin. It comes because God hates wickedness. It comes because God gave you a dominion, a, you and I a dominion to, to, to a mandate to be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion on the earth, to drive out chaos and disorder, to drive out wickedness from, from, God's, from God's sight. In your life, he doesn't drive sin out because you are so righteous or what you've done. He drives it out because he hates wickedness. And he's chosen you as a vessel to drive it out. It is not because of my own righteousness. No. You and I could never be righteous. We can never attain this. It is because of the finished work of God. It is because of his work. It is because what he finished in the beginning and rested from, he's bringing into alignment today. All our best efforts, the Bible says, are filthy rags. It says, but you're all unclean, Isaiah 64, 6. And all your righteousness is as filthy rags. So how is man strengthened? How is man saved? Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this. He says, and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. Why? Those who are rested in the Lord, those who are confident in what he's done from the beginning, those who believe, those who have faith that God has done this from the beginning. So when God says you're entering into a season where you're entering into promise, he says, hey, you're entering into a time where you're going to rest in me, where you're going to be confident in what I've done from the foundations of the earth. He's saying prepare your hearts right now to mix the word you hear with faith. Because I am surely going to bring you into the place I promised. Because I am not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should change my mind. But I am God. And I will surely watch over my word to perform it over your life. So God's bringing us into a new awakening, into something new, into being aware of this reality. Could it's not by might, it is not by your power, it is not by your connections, it is by his spirit of the things that he's done from the foundations of the earth that you and I would be called sons of God because we're led of the spirit. It is not because we're so righteous. It is not because we're so pretty. It is not because we're blessed and highly favored. No, it is because of his word. It is because of what he sees that he finished right from the beginning. That he says, those are my people, my holy nation. I will surely bring them into my rest. You and I's responsibility is not to think that we get this out of performance. We get this out of belief. We get this out of faith. We get this out of being justified by faith. So the Bible says that, don't you know that the just, those that are justified by God shall live by faith. They shall not live by works. They shall not live by their righteousness. They shall believe 
by believing that he who promised is faithful to see to completion the good work that he began. Why? Why would he be faithful to see the good work he began? Why? He says, because you and I are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works. So good works are not by my yardsticks. Good works are not by what I think I do to be justified by God. Good works are by what he's written. Why? He says, I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works in Christ Jesus that he prepared when beforehand that I should what? That I should walk in there. So yes, the place of rest in God is not a place of inactivity. It's a place of walking in the good works of God. Brother, what are you doing? I'm just walking. I'm, well, what are you doing, brother? I'm just walking. I'm just, well, where you are? I'm just walking in the good works. In which good works? The works that were done, the works that were finished from beforehand. What are you doing? I'm resting, but I'm walking. I'm sick, but I'm walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. They've said your condition is uncurable. Oh, you just turn and say, those are the works of man. The works of God that were laid right from the beginning. It says, healing is the bread of the children, is his children's bread. I'm just walking. This disease surely shall be bread to me. Why? Because the one, there's one who's promised. I'm rested in the promises of God. I am at, so this season is not a joking season. Go and look at the promises on the pledge card. Go and look at them. It's as good as done, dog. When, when, when God promises, it's not good he is going to do it. It is finished. When is faith? When is faith? Faith is now. Do you know what that means? It means whatever situation you face or you find yourself in, the absence, the, the absence, the, the way, the reason that situation prevails is because now is missing. Now is missing. Because when you then find the now for that situation, when you find the now, it is no longer it is going to be done. It is, it's finished. So what is it? Is it lack? When you find my God shall supply my needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus, you now have now. It is no longer it is going to be done. It is done. So God's saying, I'm bringing you into now. There's a new awakening, a new realization of the new thing I'm doing. Get your cells ready. Get your hearts ready. Action is going to be this moment. He says, those who hear the word when? Today. There are those who are sick who are going to get their today word. 
There are those who are in bondage who are going to get there today with. There are those who are plagued by iniquities who are going to get there today with. There are those who are plagued by suffering who are going to get there today with. There are those whose businesses are failing who are going to get there today with. Because as long as that situation does not align with what was finished, what's missing is you, your understanding of the finished work. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Welcome to the season where you're empowered with knowledge. So, hurry. Father, my faith, I'm activating my faith. That, that thing you spoke to me when I pledged, when I said, God, you're opening doors that no man can close. Father, give me the strength, not my strength, to fulfill that pledge. To make sure my seed is in the ground. I believe your word, Lord. I'm going to connect myself with what you are doing in this season. If you're here today, or you're watching us online, there is no way in hell or in, on earth you can ever attain righteousness on your own. There is no way you can ever have life and salvation on your own. You must believe in the finished work of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're here today, I'm going to ask our pastors to please come forward. If you're here today or you're watching us online and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not, a born, you're not born again. Today is your day. Today is the day where you enter into His rest. And in entering into His rest, you rest from your works. You rest from trying. You rest from striving to be right with God. God says, I've already done that. I've purchased that for you. It is in my son, Jesus Christ. If that is you and you're watching us online, there's a number that's appearing at the bottom of your screen. There's, call that number. There's someone on the other end of that line or send a text and say, call me. They want to pray with you. They want to lead you to a knowledge of the finished work of Christ, the one who purchased your salvation, that you may live righteous before God. God bless you. We love you for all those online. We're looking forward to seeing you in, in church soon. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.